Hi, this is Chris Comrie, and welcome to the Glance Recruiting with Data podcast. This episode is with Sarah Glova from Reify Media. They're a um, local digital media company in Raleigh, and she shares about how you can get started um, with your own recruitment marketing and producing content to drive your applicants higher, drive your diversity higher, and increase your retention. Um, we had a really interesting conversation about the different ways to get started and how to overcome the fear and really overcome the initial hump of getting started and producing your own content. It can be really confusing and really daunting sometimes to just get started, but Sarah tells us about how to get over that and how to really succeed and what to look for and how to evaluate your success. This is a really interesting podcast because it is at the intersection of marketing and recruitment, um, and there's a lot of parallels between the two in attracting people and really boosting the, your candidates and your hires. So I hope you enjoy this. Thanks a lot for listening. So my name is Sarah Glova, and I'm the founder and owner of Reify Media. We're a digital media firm. We like to joke that we pretty much make anything that can go online. But we do have some focus areas, so we try to help small businesses and entrepreneurs with their first, second, or third website when they're really trying to get their message out there. And then we help associations and companies to develop e-learning materials. So trying to get some of that training content that we used to do in person online so that people have an easier time either onboarding or completing some of those continuing ed requirements that a lot of industries have to deal with. Uh, so what's an example of that? Good question. So you probably know somebody, for example, who's in finance. So you can think of like a CPA or a financial planner, right? That person every year has a certain number of hours that they have to do in what's called continuing ed or CE. And it's to protect the rest of us, right? It's to help them make sure that they know the latest and greatest in tax or other regulatory information. Well, those CE credits used to only be available if you went to some in-person class. So you can see there's a little bit of waste there. A professional is having to leave their office, go to a seminar somewhere, sign in, track their credits, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, with technology, now we can put those things online. So we have associations reach out to us and say, hey, we've got this great content, but, you know, Dr. Smith always delivers it in person. Can you help her put it online? And so then we work with them to figure out what format is best. Sometimes we get the great opportunity to help them tweak their content so it's better for adult learners, better for the online format. And then those financial professionals in their office, maybe when they're taking a lunch break or even in the evenings, can do that CE credit. And it's a lot more efficient. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. Um, so, so one of the things that I thought, one of the reasons I thought it would be really, really interesting to have you on the podcast is because um, there's this big movement going on in recruiting to putting out a whole bunch of content as part of either employer branding or continuing ed for internal education for employees um, mm -hmm. and this whole kind of um, lifestyle and life at XYZ company. Um, so what are some kind of good tips on producing that content and getting it out there and really staying true to yourself? Hmm. Well, the first thing that I think of is kind of the purpose of, of doing that. And there are two great ways that we see. One is tied to the products and the services that you offer. So for example, you and I just had a great discussion about, you know, what is e-learning? What does that look like? 
If someone's looking into Reify Media, but they're not sure what that is, it would be great to provide them with an example of our products or our service. Now, a lot of the content we work with is proprietary. That means it belongs to our clients and we can't share it. So what we've done is we've created samples of our work that our team has just invented. So not really tied to a specific client, just examples of what e-learning looks like. We just pick a topic that's interesting to us, like effective email communication, and we make a small e-learning module. And so that way, if we're talking to somebody and they're interested in us, but they're not really sure about our products and our service, we have an example to show them. So that's that first purpose of, you know, have something, some kind of content related to the products and the service that you offer that you can really easily share. And then, of course, the second one relates to onboarding. So getting to what kind of training you're going to offer somebody when they get to your office. I think providing a preview to that is a great way to show your culture, show what you're about, and kind of pique someone's interest into your firm. And so for us, if we think about how we're going to train somebody if we hire them, we try to think about what pieces we might be able to show of that before they get to us. One of our most popular policies, as you'll probably not be surprised when I tell you what it is, it's our open vacation policy. So we have a policy that's kind of unique. Um, it's definitely getting more and more attention, but um, it's an open vacation policy so that our team members can recharge as needed and there's no strict vacation system. We've written a lot of blog posts about that policy and how it shapes our culture and how it affects our employees. And that's a way that we're getting a small piece of our training, our onboarding, our policies out there so that somebody who might be interested in us can take a peek at that before we really start the conversation. So, so how do you, because that's a pretty important thing and a lot of, um, a lot of more forward thinking and modern companies, especially in tech, are starting to implement that. And a lot of times they just stick it as a bullet on their job listing. What, how can we <laughs> tell that to people? Because for a lot of the younger demographic, that's really important. I'm glad you asked because we're seeing more and more of that. And I think you're right. A lot of times if there's something like that, it's kind of posted almost as an afterthought, as a bullet item. And I think that does it a disservice. What we like to say is rather than tell somebody that we're doing something, we like to show them. And so instead of, for example, just listing on our job description, you know, flexible work hours or open vacation policy, we actually encourage our employees to talk about our culture. And so we often have blog posts where instead of listing out our employee policies, an employee might talk about how they used an open vacation policy to do X, Y, or Z. Um, and then we target specific awards that are a recognition of a certain kind of work culture. That way it's not just us saying, hey, we think we're a cool place to work. When you're recognized, for example, the Triangle Business Journal has a Leader in Diversity Award, and we were really lucky and honored that they recognized us for that in 2017. But that became a great way that we could show, you know, we're not just talking about this stuff. It's really important to us, and, and we're looking for third parties and, and important media partners to help us share this message because that's how important it is to us. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thanks. Um, okay. So yeah. <laughs> um, so so if I'm a if I'm a company and you know I I wanna get that message out, um, what are some other ways? I can write a blog post, um, do you recommend videos, particularly on any social networks? 
what other ways do you have you found is the best? Because a lot of times a blog post can be kind of daunting to write. Um, mm-hmm. Just sometimes it just takes a while. What other what other ways do you recommend? That's a great question. And, you know, the answer to this is always contingent on your brand and the kind of messaging you want to share. But I really encourage other companies to think out of the box. So, for example, if blog posts do feel kind of daunting to you, then what doesn't? Are you the kind of group that likes to collect images? You might have an Instagram feed specifically for your brand. But can you start a sub-feed or some kind of story or even a hashtag within your social media that just focuses on, you know, love what we do. And you create a hashtag specific to your company, and it is employees, you know, out golfing on their day off or or doing other fun things. And, of course, you know, you want to make sure that employees know this is being shared publicly, and if you're asking for things like that, you certainly don't want to require it. But a lot of times we find that team members want to show that stuff off. They're really proud that they get to work for a company that honors their time and their energy. And so creating some kind of you know, alternate hashtag to show off specifically your culture and inviting employees to share that story. That's much less daunting than a blog post and honestly much more fun. I would love to see pictures of some of the brands that I love celebrating what their employees are doing to recharge their batteries and to keep those creative juices flowing. So, you know, really thinking outside the box, whether it's whether it is a picture on social media or a little video slideshow at the end of every year when you're sharing what your accomplishments were, try to share some, you know, what are the effects of those policies? Does that open vacation policy mean that somebody was able to take a trip that they wouldn't have otherwise, you know, gone on or that somebody was able to support their child or their aging parent in a way that maybe they couldn't have otherwise? Let's celebrate those things and let people see examples of those. Yeah, that's really important. Those are some pretty tangible things that I think a lot of people um, have maybe thought about but just aren't quite sure how to get started. Um, (laughs) I really think getting started is the hardest. Yeah. It's just taking that first step when there are so many different options out there. You can write a blog post. You can start a podcast. You can record some video. Um, we really encourage people to take a step back and think about the end result. So if you start something tomorrow, what would you want it to have done for you in a year? And if the answer is, well, I really hope that it makes our employees feel valued, then maybe you are thinking about something where employees are you know, submitting pictures or things like that. If your goal is specifically recruiting and you're thinking about SEO, then maybe you do need to think about blog posts or videos or something that's going to have a big impact on keywords for your site. So think about that end goal first, and that helps to, you know, tailor down some of the items or some of the options, and then you can go from there and start making a plan. Hmm. So what are what are some good ways to start to make a plan? I mean, how do you how do you know if you're doing enough? How do you know if what you're doing is working? <laughs> how do you evaluate that? That's a good question. So a couple things there. The first thing for getting started, I like inspiration. So go and see what some of your other favorite brands are doing. Um, And remember that if you're on Chapter 1, don't compare yourself to their Chapter 20. Just go out there, look around, and then start small. I don't think it's a good idea to, you know, create an initiative and say, okay, we're going to have a blog post and an Instagram feed, and we're going to start hosting these live chats on Twitter. (laughs) Maybe pick one. Um, and really give it a good try. We also see really often that brands get excited about something and they try it 
you know, maybe twice or three times. And if they don't get a response right away, they give up. And I think that's really dangerous because when people see that you're not going to commit to something, I think you really have to give something a good try. And that's not to say you need to keep doing something forever if you know it's not working, but I think really give it a good try. Try to put a plan in place first. Know how often you're going to update, for example, or um, if you're going to start a blog series, maybe try to write those first four blog posts before you even publish one. That way you have kind of, you know, some backups to help you stay on pace Um, and then really give it a good try. (laughs) You mentioned how do you start a plan if you, you know, look up editorial calendar templates. You'll obviously get a thousand results. There's, you know, entire Pinterest boards dedicated to it. So there's plenty of examples out there. I like to start with whatever a brand is currently doing. So for example, at Reify, we use Dropbox and we use uh, Google Drive. And so it's really common for us to have our marketing materials in Dropbox. And then we have an editorial calendar in Google Drive to help us plan out, you know, what to do next. Obviously, there are some other tech tools that are much more advanced for planning out social media content that you could use. Even if it's just pen and paper, though, the simple act of saying, okay, by this time next year, we want to be on the first page of Google for this keyword string. So that means that we want to have a blog post every month somehow relating to it. So let's break that down. Let's assign who's going to write what. Let's set deadlines. Let's go ahead and get some stock media so that that's not a hurdle. Just sitting down, even if it's with pen and paper, to plan that out, a lot of times that's the hardest part, and it's kind of downhill from there. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, I think it can be kind of daunting to just figure out which direction you even need to go. So that's really good advice to just go ahead and knock out some blog posts before you even publish them. Um, and w- what kind of results should you expect in those first few um, blog posts or Instagram posts or or whatever it is so that when people post it and don't get the reaction maybe they were hoping for, that they can continue and keep going on it? Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. I mean, it's great if you post something and you strike gold and you get a lot of clicks and likes and shares right away. But unfortunately, that's not normally how it goes. The first time you try something, people might glance at it and think, oh, that's neat. But maybe they're not ready to commit and say that they like something or share it. Um, You know, your mom is probably always good for a like or a share. And so are your coworkers and So you'll see some moderate traction within kind of that core network, that natural market. But as far as getting more notice from um, others outside of that, that niche, um, I think you really have to have low expectations for the first, I would even say the first three months. Um, And the reason I say that isn't because I don't want you to think that it's, you know, it's not going to be worthwhile or people aren't going to be into it. I just think that having those low expectations for those first three months helps you to focus not on the results, but on the content. Just do a good job. Do the best you can for those three months. Because then if in six months it ends up not working out, you know it's not because of the content. It just means you need a different strategy. But if in those first three months you're really distracted by clicks and likes and you know different things like that, a lot of times the attention on the content goes away. And you end up doing things, trying to get likes that might not be best for the content. So really focus on the content, write as well as you can, or take the best pictures you can, or tell the best stories you can, 
and focus on that for three months. And I think the people that are watching will start to notice that you're being consistent, that they can rely on you to stick to this message and to really uh, keep going with this endeavor. And that's when they're going to invest their energy and their attention. And they're going to start liking things and sharing things and you should see some traction. Something else to do, of course, is go to the robots. If you're not getting love from people, uh, go to the robots. Make sure Google is watching. See if it's affecting your search engine result pages and your SERP scores are going up. Um, Because a lot of times that can boost the morale of the project. Okay, we're not getting as many likes as we want, but look, it's helping our pages go up in Google search results. So isn't that worth it? So have more than one metric to define your success and Make sure that attention and likes isn't the only metric. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and and what kind of areas or mediums or platforms or or ways to produce content um, are you paying attention to and and you're really excited and fired up about um, that maybe someone might not initially think of? Mm, that's a good question. We're, I think we're a little bit old school. I mean, we love, obviously, you know, communicating with people on the traditional media, so thinking about LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram. But some of the things that we're excited about, um, Medium, I think that that's really unique. There's a focus on long-form content there, and in the age of kind of rush, rush social media, it's really neat to see the conversations that are going on there, the um, communication threads that we're seeing on Medium. It's very exciting. So that's definitely something we're watching. Um, we also really like all the self-publishing options that are out there now, whether it's the digital self-publishing with tools like Issue or whether you're looking at some of the print self-publishing tools. It's just really easy for brands now to share their expertise. And so we know a lot of brands and companies that are publishing guides that relate to their values or to their company policies, and those are getting a lot of attention. So that's really neat to see. Um, and of course, there's just never <laughs> there's never enough focus for us on uh, graphics, video, and uh, images. We love, love, love when we see a company do a great video, a great infographic, uh, put together some great images. You just can't beat that. Uh, there's nothing like a really powerful image or a really fascinating infographic. So we think that's really exciting, um, and we're trying to keep a big eye on analytics and big data and um, just ways to share that and to share information with graphics. Yeah, it definitely seems like that's the way things are, are moving and have been moving. Um, and what, what, what piece of advice do you think, if there's one thing you want people to remember or one takeaway or one action item um, for people listening, what do you think that is? Hmm. If I had to pick one thing for somebody to take away from a discussion about the intersection of content and recruiting, I think it would be that every brand is different and your responsibility isn't to do everything. It's to help promote your brand's voice. So what's going to be right for your brand might not be right for another brand. And what another brand is doing might not be right for you. It can be overwhelming, especially today. We have to find this one thing, this one way to really promote your voice. And if it's authentic and you give it a good go and you give yourself three months of good content and you plan it out, that one strategy, that one way to promote your voice in an authentic and meaningful way is going to be more powerful than if you had done 20 other little things that weren't as planned 
and that weren't as sustained and that weren't as authentic. So find, find one thing, really spend some time to brainstorm what's something that I can get behind that matches my brand, that fits what we're doing right now, that we're comfortable with. And let's do that. Let's do that one thing. And, and we'll ignore the noise from everything else that everyone is doing. And, and we'll do this one thing. And we'll really, really give it all we can and see what happens. That's great. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Um, if, if people want to continue the dialogue or reach out to you, what, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm glad you asked. Our uh, virtual door is always open, if you will. So we're on Reify Media's uh, Twitter, and it's just at Reify Media. Uh, pretty often we love talking to people there, especially at events and conferences. You can uh, get us on our website, and there's obviously a contact form if you have specific questions about who we are, what we do, or how we can help. Um, and then just for fun, we're on Facebook and Instagram, and we love to share pictures of goofy things that we're doing and that our team is doing. You'll see lots of pictures of coffee there. So uh, if you do a search for real media, we're not hard to find. And this conversation about good quality content is important to us. So if it's interesting to anybody out there, we're happy to continue the conversation. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.